I hope you, I hope you like cartoons as much as I do because that's how I learn. <laughs> I was so excited when my when my girls and if maybe maybe you're not familiar with these day of cartoons and this was a, it's a little bit dated but still good and I was really awesomely happy whenever my girls discovered Phineas and Ferb. It was really a great day. <laughs> instead of instead of everything princess, and everything princess is okay, but Phineas and Ferb gives you a really nice mix. <laughs> My name is Matt Griswold. I'm glad that you're here with us at Connection this morning. Uh, first and foremost, we're going we're gonna to do something this morning that we haven't done in a couple months because of Christmas, but this is the fourth Sunday here at Connection, fourth Sunday of the month. We're going to take an offering. If you are not from Connection, this is not an offering for you. Um, this is an offering where we ask for change, nickels and dimes from our people, uh, and we, we take a little offering in popcorn bags because we have plenty of popcorn bags, and uh, we take an offering and we go back in the back and we count that money, and the members of the lead team will bring that back into me with a total, uh, and I'll pick a couple people. Um, it, it just I've already pre-selected them. This is when people get really nervous. <laughs> oh no, he's going to pick me. He's going to pick me. Uh, if I haven't talked to you, the chances are pretty good that you're not going to get picked. Maybe. But anyway, um, we're going to take that money and we divide it up into two sacks or three sacks, depending on how much it is. And what we do is uh, we, we go out into our community and we impact the lives of other people. Now think about this. Oftentimes it's very difficult for our people to give this away, by the way. They walk up and they may have $50, $60, $70. Excuse me, we've had a lot more in there than that. And we, we hand it to the people and we say this. You ready? We just want to bless you today. We're giving this money. Uh, we, as a church, we gave this money. And we just want to, to tell you and remind you that God loves you. Why do we use money? Why do we give money away? Over the last uh, five or six years, we've given away over $14,000. That's not to toot our own horn. It's just to show our people... And as a result of us doing this, if you have an experience doing this gift, sometimes it carries over to you doing that gift by yourself. And it's just to show other people how good God is to us. So if you have... Uh, uh, one more thing. One more thing. This is important. Maybe th- this morning you find yourself in a little bit of a hardship. And I'm being very, very serious here. Uh, the lead team and I have discussed that this money is to be given for God's use. So if you are in this place and you're being as, as financially responsible as you can, but you say, you know what, I need 10 bucks to make my water bill payment this month, I'm being dead serious with you. I want you to take that out of that bag, whatever you need, as it goes by you. We've given this money to God. It's God's business. It's your business. You're not going to hear anybody say anything about you or anything. But if you need a $10 bill or $5 bill, something like that, you go ahead and take it out of there. Okay? We just want to say that God loves you. We're thankful that you're here with us this morning. Uh, if you guys want to come ahead and go ahead and take that offering and, and we'll get started. So, as they're, as, they're going, as they're going up and down, I really want you to think about this video that we just watched. And it's very familiar, isn't it? You, you and I, if you've had any experience uh, in church or studying Genesis or creation, um, you know that there's characters involved, God, uh, Satan in the form of a serpent, and there's two main characters, Adam and Eve. And over our Connect Group lessons, by the way, if you haven't got the chance to hook up with the Connect Group this month, please, this week is your last week for this month. I have looked very far ahead and I've been, just been checking out this series and reading ahead uh, chronologically, doing some studying through the Bible. It is incredible. It is incredible. If you desire to know more, to be plugged in 
To, more, uh, to know more about Connection, Connect Groups are it. And if you want to know where they are, you open it all the way up to the middle, your worship handout, and you look in the very, the, in the very center, it'll show you dates, times, whether they have child care. Uh, I teach the one on Wednesday night. Listen, if you ever miss a night, I'm not trying to pull you from another group, but if you ever miss a, a night that you can't make it, we have the biggest living room in our church. Okay, these all meet at houses except this one. We have a hundred and some seats in here, 180 seats. I have plenty of room, so come on. Okay, Wednesday night from six to seven, uh, we meet in here as a connect group. Um, we've been diving, we've been diving into creation, and it's just it's unbelievable. If you take time to really look at that and how God spoke things into existence, and um, there's a lot of our connect group teachers that are coming to me and they say, Matt. Some of our people are asking me questions, and I don't really know the answer. And I said, well, this is really easy. And they said, well, what do you mean? I said, just answer them like this. Are you ready? I have no earthly idea what the answer is. There's so much, we're so, we're so much time, time replaced from creation. We don't have all of the answers, and I don't think we're intended to have all the answers. But we're, we're diving into that uh, this morning. Please, please check those out this week. I also want to say, uh, I've, been, I've been getting some emails, some contact information from those of you that are listening online. So I want to say hello to those people that are online. Um, I know you, I'm talking to invisible people. It's okay. Uh, just wave at your radio or your TV, whatever it is. But we're thankful that we're getting the message out about Jesus into the, into the internet. If you go to our new website, ConnectionMTV.com, it's with an X, Connection with an X, ConnectionMTV.com, you're going to be able to, if you ever miss a week, you can go to Launch Our Media Player, you can listen to a sermon that you missed, okay, make it up, uh, just to do your Bible study or whatever. There's also another app or another, another place on there that you can actually have an app for your phone, it's called PushPay. And our treasurer has a big deal, and believe me, you want credit for this. Uh, she's going to be giving out her, our giving statements pretty soon for tax time, and some of you may have already got an email if you use PushPay already. It's the electronic online giving. You can go to the Give page, press Give, set it up in really, really not a lot of time, a minute or two. You can give online, just like automatic bill pay. Um, so if you've been giving cash or a check, okay, please make sure your address is correct on your check. Okay, because she's going to mail you your giving statements. So if, if there's an issue, you can go talk to Jane about that, or you can come talk to me. I can give you your phone number, and you guys can settle that on, on your own. I want you to have that for tax purposes. <sighs> so I'd all that to say this. Genesis chapter 3, one of the most difficult to look at and study verses of Scripture. The whole chapter is very difficult if you really dive into the context because it's that chapter that records the falling of man and sin entering the world. Women, if you've had children, your pain in childbirth is due to the sin in Genesis 3. Guys, if you tried to farm or if you tried to, to do things and fight weeds in your garden, all the, the whole world broke. Why can't we get along with our neighbor? Why, why can't we talk across even political or, or um, geographical lines in the different countries with peace? Is because the whole machine broke when sin happened. The whole thing. Look at the first blank. If you look in your worship handout, look at the first blank. And we have some blanks so you can follow along. Some of you blank people. Okay, You like blanks? Some of you are going, oh, this is my Sunday. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yes. And your, and your pins are just going to run crazy. If you are an underliner, please, we're going to look at the first seven verses of chapter 3. There is, some, there is some very, very, very huge stuff in the first seven verses of this. But sin is our problem, isn't it? 
Sin is our problem. Now watch this. Sin is your problem. Mm-hmm. Sin is my problem. You can overall blanket everything and say sin is the problem. Think about that. Whenever, whenever, whenever Adam and Eve, this story is a lot like watching Titanic. Yep, the boat still sinks, right? <laughs> you, can, you can read chapter 3 of Genesis and go, man, I hope it turns out differently. And no, it's still sin, okay? They, they still sin. It's, the, it's our problem. We're going to be looking at this, and many of you have studied chapter 3 of Genesis many times. This goes hand in hand with our Connect Group this week. No, you're not going to get an exact repeat whenever you go to Connect Group. It gives you, I'm going to focus on a little bit different aspect of this. But yes, we can read chapter 3. Yes, we can see sin. Yes, we can see the fall of human, human nature. But I want to point out some details that may or may not be in that Connect Group lesson, and I really want you to dive in. But if you have your Bibles with me, or your phone, tablet, whatever you look at, okay? Uh, handwritten manuscript in Hebrew, whatever. Uh, look at Genesis chapter 3 with me. I'm going to read the first seven verses. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. I know some of you right there are going, why do you make him then? This... One day he asked a woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit? From any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat the fruit from the garden or the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, You must not eat it or even touch it, and if you do, you will die. Pay very, very close attention to her words. Verse four, look at this. You won't I, I want to put this into context of how I thought it was said. This Matt's translation. You won't die. Right? He doesn't want to scare. He says, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. Ooh. The wheels are turning and the lady said, isn't it? I can be like God. We want to be like God ever? Yeah, you do. Look at verse 6. The woman was convinced. Uh-oh. Downhill. All you got to do is smell McDonald's french fries, right? It's over. Right? <laughs> Verse 6, the woman was convinced she saw the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. Like McDonald's fries. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she wanted the wisdom. There's a whole lot of things in here that we're going to look at. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. I know, before you say, well, that's a woman's fault. We're going to get into that. <laughs> Guys, don't elbow your mate yet. <laughs> then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. Because the last verse. At that moment, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Would you just pray with me just for a second? God, we thank you this morning that we can look into your word. We can look at this. The, just the origination of how our sinful nature and our pride overcomes what you want us to do. God, we just ask that you speak to us intimately and personally today through your word. In your name we pray. Amen. This is tough. The last couple of weeks we've been talking about, um, the second week in January we talked about, is it you or God? Who, whose direction are you going? Uh, are you doing what you want to do? Or are you doing what God wants to do? Uh, last week we talked about uh, uh, the, uh, the stationary um, 
who's got the pen? Are you writing your own story? Are you letting God write your own story? And we get in, we get in the way. We suffer from this horrible, horrible disease that we're born with, and it's called pride. It's awful. Everybody is affected. Everybody has it. Everybody is, watch this, can also be contagious with spreading it. Pride is awful. It's, the, it's, it's, it's a root that takes a good, hard hold in our life. So if you have your Bibles and you have your writing utensil ready, check out some things we can, we can underline. Look at verse 1. I'm going to spend some time talking about these, these things. But we really have to start. We really have to start in verse one to catch the whole context of this. Okay, it says it says this: the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, "Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden?" So we ask ourselves, why? Then why did God create serpents? Why did God allow Satan to do this? At this point in history, already, Satan knew his future. Already. Satan's pride, the reason he is on this earth in this story, is because his pride took him out of heaven. He wanted to overcome. He, he was beautiful and he said, well, I, can, I want to take over heaven. I want to, I want to be God. And God said, uh, no, I don't think so. And he cast them out with other, with other demons onto this earth. So, right here. In verse 1 of chapter 3, Satan already knows his future. See, this is, this is awesome. I love this quote, and you guys have heard me use it. You, maybe you used it. Anytime that Satan reminds you of your past, you just remind him of his future. <laughs> Satan wants to come to me and say, Matt, I know you. Yeah, you do. Because he knows exactly uh, when I'm tired, he attacks me. You know what I'm talking about. He knows your Achilles heel. And some of us have more than one. He knows your weakness. And, and when you get tired and when you get, when you get run down, all of a sudden, boom, and poof, there's anger exploding. There's pride exploding. <coughs> Satan knows probably more about you than you do. But he was the shrewdest of all the animals the Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman... I just picture, has anybody seen the old animated Robin Hood where the snake talks and he hisses like this? I think that this is pretty close. But, but, but regardless, look at the confusion. Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Now, that could have put it a lot simpler. Which tree did God say you couldn't eat from? Eve could have pointed, right? Instead, he says, did God really say you must not eat? If you're a grammar student, language arts person, you're like, double negative, triple slant this, dissect this. Listen, did God really not say that you must not eat from the garden? From the trees in the garden? How about just which one? Why does Satan, first of all, even attack or, or come into the garden? For the first six days, we aren't even seen a record of Satan. We're not given a record. All it is is God created, it happened. Why? Because He said so. Because <laughs> He's God. He spoke it into being. Then he, he gets down on His hands and knees, or however, what spiritual knee, however, whatever He has, <laughs> and, he, and He forms man in His own image, and He breathes life into His nostrils, and 
He creates man. He spoke everything else. We don't even see Satan until humans come. Why? Because humans are God's masterpiece. And some of you are walking around this earth going, you know what? In 2017, I'm not really worth much. I want you to hear something very, very, very plain from me. You are special. You are loved. And you are God's masterpiece. But you don't know how I've wrecked the puzzle or I've wrecked His his art in my life. Yeah, I, I get it. I have too. You are created with a soul at conception. To have an, you have the ability to have an intimate, heartfelt, heart issue relationship with Jesus Christ. And you are special. And we don't think that. Oh, my day is so bad. God hates me. No, God doesn't hate you. Think back on your day and see how many choices that maybe we did wrong. Right? We don't do well with taking accountability sometimes. But we can get in trouble. Listen. Growing up, if you lived in a household like mine, was it important that you listened intently and exactly to everything that your mother and your father said? Was it? See, when my mom got really specific back in my Nintendo days, man, I love that thing. Anyway, she would say, Matthew, you need to take out the trash. Now, I didn't do anything wrong. I just thought she meant sometime in this month, take out the trash. Okay, when, when I heard Stephen Matthew Griswold take out the trash now, the trash was out before she finished the sentence. I was scared to death. Why? Because I listened to exactly what she said. We get in trouble when we do not listen to God's Word exactly like He says. When God says that He loves you, He's not playing around. He loves you. You can read John 3.16. Even if it was for only you, He would have sent Jesus so that you can have a relationship with Him. That is unbelievable. We must listen exactly, exactly to what God's Word says. So when we look at Jeremiah 29.11, and you look at it in the context that God has a hope and a future for you, it's true. It's true. It may not come out exactly like you... You ever, you ever tried to write your own story with God? How'd that go? Huh? Good? No? Look at the next blank. Look at this. I love this. I started saying, I stood up in my office and I go, man, this is a good point. Woo, this is a good point. And, and God comes down and goes, um, you do this. Oh, man. It's very convicting writing a sermon with God's Word. <laughs> Just let that sink in. Don't, don't get God's Word twisted. Let me tell you something. You go, through, you go through this life and you say, well, I can't figure out what God wants me to do. And I don't know what God wants me to do. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether we eat or drink, whatever we do, do it all for the glory of God. And that means this. It means whatever avenue you're in right now, if you choose to whatever you do, honor God in what you're doing, going to school, working your job, giving a full day's work, whatever you're doing, you cannot, if you are in God's will, you're doing whatever He wants you to do, you cannot miss the plans that He has for your life. It's absolutely impossible. It's impossible. You can't miss it. But you can't do this. We, we, we talked on Scripture about uh, Philippians 4.13 before, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And some of you are like, oh, sweet. He's going to tell me how to bench press a truck. 
Because I can do all things through Christ, right? No. That's, that's exactly the opposite of what that verse means. In context, that verse means that you can be content as you follow God through this life. And He is more than enough. Oh, we don't like it when we do. We like to twist it, don't we? I would rather bench press a truck, right? I would rather be able to pick up a D9 caterpillar through Christ who strengthens me. No, it's... Don't get God's Word twisted. Study. Do, I, will, I, will, I will be the second person as a lead pastor in this church to tell you this. If you go to a church and they tell you to shut off your brain, leave. Study God's Word. Don't get it twisted. Look at it. Study it. God clearly said... Look at this. I'm, I'm, I'm going go, to quote back to chapter 2. and Listen to what God really said. You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you, will, you are sure to die. Now, that is not confusing. <laughs> because you know why? God is not a God of confusion. That's Satan's artwork. God is a plain and simple, often not easy to follow word. God is not a God of confusion. Many times people come up to me, I'm so confused about God, what God wants me to do. It's the wrong word. It's the wrong word. Are you studying? Are you asking Him to speak to you? Well, um, uh, I don't know. Hmm. We, go back to, we go back to chapter 3 and verse 2. So after, the, after this twisted conversation with Satan, Eve comes back and says, she says, Of course! I think her voice was really high. Of course! We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. The woman replied, like, <laughs> I think that the Eve right here in verse 2 answered like many uh, preteen and teenage girls and guys do. Duh. <sighs> She's almost put out to give this hint. Of course we can. You ever, you ever had that? I did that to my parents like once. <laughs> and I suddenly was cured of all of that. Right? Of course we may eat from the fruit of the trees in the garden. In, in other words, she's like, yeah, we have to survive. We have to eat. In verse 3, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. Okay. Now mark this down. That's true. That's true. Good job, Eve. One point for you. God said, <laughs> oh boy. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Let me remind you what chapter 2, verses 16 and 17 says. This is God's words. You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Does it say anything about touching it? No, it's Eve. Eve just adding to it. I'm going to add to this story. You ever, so, you ever told an epic story about something that's going horrifically wrong in your life? All of a sudden it has bigger and better details. Right? You know, or, or maybe, maybe you exaggerate a story. You're like, dude, I was going like 85 down this gravel road. You're going like 46. <laughs> but you want, to, you want to look tough. Eve was trying to look tough. She's like, oh yeah. We can eat from all the trees here. And now, she, she's almost arrogant. She's almost arrogant in giving, in giving these answers. And she goes so far to say, look, she quotes God in chapter 3 of Genesis, and she misquotes Him. Don't get God's Word twisted. Don't get what He tells you twisted. God said, this is Eve, this is Eve's words, 
You must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Now she got the you must not eat it and you will die part right on the money. Right? Look, touch it. God said nothing about touching it. Now, there's a lot of people, and as you study this, you can look at, oh, it was a woman's fault. And it was, well, listen, I want to point out something that you may, not, you may not know yet. You may not have studied this. When God gave Adam the instructions in chapter 2, it's before Eve was created. So who should she get her instructions from? She should have got them from Adam. God taught Adam how to have a relationship with him so that his, his relationship with him and Eve, the wife relationship, husband-wife relationship, should match that of God and Adam. It was Adam's responsibility. No, it, it didn't say anything about touching it. It says we can't eat that. She got her, her, her general instructions from Adam who said from God. You ever played the game telephone? Sit in a circle? And you whisper, you whisper like brownie into this person's ear and by the time it gets all the way around, it's like I'm a ninja turtle. <laughs> really close. <laughs> Listen, God is not a God of confusion. When He tells us something, He means it. When He says love your neighbor even though they're not lovable, He means it. Now, we don't like that one. <laughs> when, he, when, when God's Word says, when Jesus says, tells His disciples, how often should we forgive somebody? And He says seven times, 70 times. It does not mean 490 times. I did the math. It, it does not mean 490. It means every single time we should forgive. You and I both know that on a long, hard, stressful day, you just want to call up that person that did you wrong and say, you know what, I forgive you. No, you don't. You want to slam the phone down. Ooh, pick up the keyboard. Get him on Facebook. We, Eve is twisting this. Adding words to what God said. Now, we're not told that God said, touch it. You couldn't touch it. But if you look at the story of Samson... I'll never forget this. Mike did this. Mike did a sermon through. He looked at Samson and Samson taking the Nazarite vow, and he wasn't to drink. Yet Samson's journey, he kept going closer and closer to a vineyard. I get this. He was under a rule. God said, "I just didn't. I don't even want you around it." But the closer he got, God didn't want him to touch that because when you and I touch something, do you think? Do you think sin looks good? Yes. I, whenever I was doing the youth group, uh, me and Mary led, my wife led the youth group here at Connection. I, I, asked, I asked very, very, very early in Connection. Uh, by the way, this October, and this is a long time in advance, this October on October 8th, plan to be here. It'd be a special day. We turned 10. I couldn't believe it. We finally turned the calendar year. We're going to be 10 years old. That's crazy what God has done. But we. Samson, didn't, God didn't want him around it because, because it was tempting. So I, so I talked to the youth about, about Satan and I said, draw me a picture. It's really fun to do with your kids, especially if they're like under seven or eight. Draw me a picture of what Satan looks like. You and I know the stereotypical answer that you're going to get. Red, always red. Red. Tail with spikes. Pitchfork with little hooks on them. Okay? Great big teeth. <laughs> Ugly. <laughs> Nasty. Looks like something off Lord of the Rings, okay? Like the Bell Rock. Be my people with Lord of the Rings. There's like three of us. Good. All right. I do my drawing of, of Satan for them. 
and I turn it around and I, and I show them. <laughs> I do not think, I do not think that Walmart is satanic. Okay, just for the record, and those of you online listening, I do not think that Walmart is is satanic. But what I did is I turned around and I drew the Walmart smiley face guy and said, "This is what Satan looks like." Why? How do we know that? If we knew the dangers of the temptations that Satan give us, we have enough common sense to not do it. We don't see that. We just touch it and we go, oh, this... <laughs> another Lord of the Rings, another Lord of the Rings, it's, it's Gollum going, my precious, right? He's like, oh, this is so good. He didn't want, he didn't want Adam and Eve to touch it because, listen, do you know what was in the Garden of Eden? Everything was perfect. Everything was perfect. Look at verse 4. He goes on. <laughs> Again, I love this. Satan comes after he just dropped this lie. Then, then as he lied, uh, Eve twisted the truth even more. So, he come, so Eve just said, or we will die. And he goes, you won't die. You ever heard that from Satan? It's not that bad. Ooh, how about this? You only have to make payments for a year. You worked out three hours. Have yourself a blizzard. Now, I'm not saying that's, that's Satan. But I'm saying that, that you hear this. Make excuses. Don't, connect, don't forgive that person. You won't die. You won't die. It's not that bad. Listen, God's Word is very plain. <laughs> he says, do this, don't do this. Do this, don't do this. Do this, don't do this. And Satan goes, you know what? There's a gray area in the middle. No, there's not. God's Word is very plain. Very plain. Now, when, we, when, when Moses gets the Ten Commandments, you shall have no other gods before me. Now, this would have been huge to the Israelites because when they were several times them or their ancestors would be in captivity, especially in Egypt, there were many gods. And yet God has talked talk to them. He said, I'm the only one. It's not confusing. I'm it. We allow Satan to tell us, and we listen to. That's our objective, is to, oh, I just need to hear this for a little bit. Maybe let me justify it to myself. Okay. And we listen, and we listen. And if you listen long enough to the wrong thing, you ever gotten wrong advice for too long that you finally followed it and realized it was wrong? Hmm. <laughs> no stories, please. That could be bad. See, Don't give in to listening to lies. It's not that bad. I didn't really hurt their feelings. You won't die. The serpent replied to the woman. Sometimes the entire outcome of a circumstance can be rested upon this question. Look at the next blank in your worship handout. Who do you listen to? This is personal. I can't answer this for you. You can't answer it for me. Who do you listen to? We live, in, we live in a world, in 2017, we live in a world of comfort. Everybody has to be petted. <laughs> we do. We want... Good job. Way to, do your, way to do your work. Listen, I'm not saying anything positive or negative about this because I think you should reward good behavior. But some things, it should just kind of be expected. <laughs> Like, for instance, when I grew up, 
I said, oh, can I get some money for cleaning my room? Dad goes, I got something better for you than that. I said, wow, great. He goes, there's food on the table. I'm like, oh, oh boy. <laughs> it was expected of me. This is what you do. When I was in the school system, listen, just, just, I'm not, I'm not against this. I just want to show you where we are with our world. I'm not against it. So don't go, well, imagine, don't, listen. They implemented several years ago Positive behavior in school. If you do what you're supposed to do, you get a party. Do you see this? Do you see where this is going? We live in a world say, Oh, good job. You did the right thing. Listen, I don't want to be I don't want to be a downer, but when God says do the right thing, He expects you to do it as His follower. Period. Why? Because He's given you the opportunity to have eternal life. We're not talking about a movie day with popcorn. <laughs> But who do you listen to? I'm not, I'm not being negative about that stuff. People, people you, you grow good leadership by congratulating someone, by telling them they did a good job, complimenting them, encouraging someone. Often when you need the encouragement, we'll encourage you. That's a big deal. But who do you listen to? Oftentimes we want to listen to our friends or our family that will tell us exactly what we want to hear. That's called hearing. That's not called listening. Who do you listen to? You can, you can think back to things in your life where maybe it's something that you knew you were maybe on the fence or you didn't react at all close to how you should. But you call somebody this, that you already know is already on your side you say, can you tell me how I reacted to this situation? Oh, you did fine. Of course. You know why? Because they're on your side. <laughs> Ask God and see what He says. See, God's always on your side, but God is a good, good... He's a Father. And if you've ever got spiritually disciplined, you know what I'm talking about. Haven't you? I had a friend of mine, she came to me last Sunday and she goes, you know, when you talked about God getting your attention with a spiritual spatula, I almost snorted in church. I go, yeah, because sometimes he reaches down and goes, listen, stop trying to justify what I want you to do and justify doing different things because you're listening to humans. You're listening to the wrong person and God just speaks down to me. He goes, I created you. How much more do I know about you? I created you. This is, this, is, this is important. Who do we listen to? Listen to the wrong voice, you'll get in trouble. How about this? This should be in the Bible somewhere. It says, be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. Wait a minute. It is. God says, be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. Be careful. Be careful. Look at verse 5. Inner, 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 inner captain justification. The Satan, Satan serpent. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. And I think he takes a pause. And he goes, and you'll be like God. See, if I said this, if I said this to you, and I, I would say, would you like a new truck? Oh, some of you are like, oh yeah. How about this? Would you like a new truck? This, this price is right, right? A new truck! How about you can give me a used truck too? I'll take that. Listen, God knows that your eyes will be open and you will be like God. 
Many of us have tried to play a game called let me be God in my life, God. (laughs) Right? Let me be God in my own life, God. It doesn't work that way. And then he goes on. Adding to the enticement of the Price is Right extravaganza, he says, you will be like God and you will will know both good and evil. He is speaking about something that Eve has no idea what it is. She has no clue what evil is. They're perfect. Eve was the most attractive, beautiful woman ever to step... My wife is gorgeous, but she's perfect. Get what I'm saying here. Adam and Eve were perfect. They were perfect. She had no earthly idea what evil was. So she's on the fence. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Look at your... If you have your pen, if you have your underlining utensil, get, get it out for verse 6. Look at this. So she's on the fence and then just goes... And she's like, you know, you had me on the fence with the new truck and all this stuff. And then you said, you'll know good and evil. And they, ooh. She was convinced. It's over. It's absolutely over. With you and me, when we get to this point, it is over. Unless there's a divine intervention. And we have a wake-up call or catch a spiritual spatula upside the head. The woman was convinced. You know what convinced means? I'm going to do it anyway. Oh boy. Have you ever done it anyway? (laughs) You know, this is not a good idea. I think we'll do it. (laughs) Some of my my friends' famous last lines was, Hey guys, watch this. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Some some of you hung out with the same people I did. So, So says the woman was convinced. Here we start to see the downhill fall of Eve's decision making. She had already made up her mind. She had no idea what evil was, by the way. She didn't know. She couldn't have known. So I want you to underline this. Underline she saw. She saw. Okay, awesome. That the tree was what? It was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. Of course it did. If sin looked ugly, you wouldn't do it. Right? Of course it looked delicious. Of course I drew Satan that looked like the the smiley face guy at Walmart. He doesn't have red horns. If a red horn person came up to you and said, I want you to do this, you wouldn't do it. So even the wisest person on earth, Solomon in Ecclesiastes says, everything is fun and good for a season. And then it ends. Right? Many of you have stories like I do from college and high school and young adulthood and adulthood and things that you say, well, we've been doing this and we've been doing this and it was fun and then now the fun is not there anymore. <laughs> there are consequences for my actions. The fruit looked delicious. Awesome. Underline this. And she wanted... <laughs> Notice the personal stuff in here. She saw, she wanted, what did she want? She wanted the wisdom. It would give who? Underline that one. Her. This is very, very focused on her. So, underline, she took. Of course she did. Of course she's already convinced. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. And then, so generous, she gave isn't this awesome oh I just tried this sinful fruit you should have some <laughs> my, my daughter my daughter last week comes running in and she just got home from school and she, she has her, her shoes her shoes off she goes hey dad smell this it smells awful 
<laughs> what? This is exactly what she did. Take some. It's horrible. Think about that. It looked delicious. You know what I think she gave some to her husband? Oftentimes we don't want to be alone in our suffering. I want to drag you down with me. So she gave some to her husband. Look, this is the most disgusting, good-looking fruit I've ever seen or eaten. You should have some. Really? You know what the bad thing is? When, as I was reflecting on the Scripture, you know what the horrible thing is? Is Satan, has, he's offered me rotten food and I, fruit and I could see that it was rotten. I said, oh yeah, I'll take some. I'll ingest that into my body. I'll do that to myself. I'll think bad things about myself. You know what? I'm really not good enough, am I? Oh, no, you're not. I know. And you just have this conversation off to the side. And whenever you get in alone in a conversation with Satan, let me tell you something. You're not going to win unless you incorporate Scripture of God's Word. How do we know that? Jesus Himself was tempted by Satan. How does Jesus answer every single time? With Scripture. So the next time that Satan says, Matt, you're just a horrible person. You're inadequate. You're not worthy to be a pastor. You know, I agree with him. I say, you know, I'm not. But if you keep me reminding me of my past, Satan, just let me tell you that one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, period. And after Jesus in the whole book of Revelation plays out, however it's going to play out, and you, are, and you are given your time to reign, however that works. I said, I can read in the Bible that you will be locked up. Never more to cause us any more problems. Because of your pride. But see, she gave some to her husband. Oh, this is horrible. Have some. Dad, this, is no, this makes no more sense than me smelling my kid's shoes. It was awful. It's horrible. Dad smelled this. It's bad. Oh, yeah, it is. So then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. Oh, boy. He ate it. <laughs> at that moment in history, with these, this verse right here, at that moment in history, did God create humans and know that they were going to fall? Yes, He's God. I don't need to get into this discussion. But at this moment, it, it became a requirement. A requirement if the new, covenant, the new covenant was going to come, like was going to be prophesied after this, this started a ball chain reaction that Jesus Christ was going to have to come. Otherwise, we'd still be sacrificing animals. So the whole world broke right here, this verse. 66 books in the Bible, you pick out one verse and this is it. It's broke. Notice that in this verse, you can jot down a note to the side. Notice in this verse, in the whole entire verse, God is not even included. She's just acting. She's doing something off the grid. She's not following instructions. She's not doing as God says. She's doing as Eve wanted. When we do this, when we do what Eve does, because we all do it, when we do this, we are seeking self-gratification over God's will for us. And that is pride. I told you you were born with it. You're born selfish and prideful. I know you're going to leave. Ah, Matt, Matt, just... He just tells me I'm prideful all the time. Oh. I am too. I told, I told somebody last, a couple weeks ago, they said, man, that was 
That was one of the sharpest sermons that I've ever heard you preach. And you said that you couldn't sleep a lot the night before because you were excited about preaching it. How can you get excited about preaching a condemning message to other people? And I said the whole week I'd been on the boat by myself. I just wanted you to join me. (laughs) It's difficult. God's Word is sharp. The New Testament tells us it can separate bone from marrow. Wow, double edge. Look at look at verse 7. At that moment, their eyes were opened. This doesn't just mean that their their eyes were not closed, okay? Because she saw it looked delicious. Their eyes were opened means they knew right from wrong. From here on out, there would be a blood sacrifice requirement for the forgiveness of sin. And before they left the garden, and you'll study this week, it happened. See, Genesis to Revelation, people say, well, you just talk about Jesus, Jesus in the New Testament. Okay. I said, you go back to Genesis, look at the blood sacrifice, and I can relate it directly to the gospel accounts of Jesus Christ being crucified as the perfect sacrifice. See, the whole Bible screams one thing. Jesus is enough, but you need Him. If you don't have Him. Since at that moment their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. You ever done something immediately and right here in your stomach you're like, oh, that shouldn't have done that. That's exactly what they felt. Probably about 100 billion times more than that. I really think if they would have known the complete... Hey, think about this. This is just my thinking. But if you would have known what you had just done, I think it would have been a very, very hard thing to not end it. So they did this. So they did what we all try to do. So they sewed fig leaves together and covered themselves. We, we, we sew fig leaves. We play ostrich with our head in the sand. If I don't see it, it doesn't exist. If I don't see it, it doesn't... You ever played that game? If I don't see it, it doesn't exist. If I close my eyes and don't see it, it doesn't exist. They sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. <laughs> and in our connect group, you're going to see some verses after this. You're going to see the very first game of hide and seek. And if you've ever read Genesis 3, you understand. In, cha- in verses 8 on through in chapter 3, you're going to see the first game of hide and seek. And God is the best hide and seek player in the world. Yet Adam and Eve tried to play hide and go seek from God. Why would you do that? Why would we do that? I mean, you play hide and seek from God all the time. Ah, I'm just going to get over here. I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to do this. Oh, nothing. We have a problem. Look at your worship hand now. We're going to end with this. Look at the last blanks. Look at this. This is sin. We see sin. Ooh, it looks nice. You're not looking at a red-headed thing. You're looking at the Walmart smiley face guy. And I mean that in complete respect for the company of Walmart and whatever. But I'm just saying that it, it's, it's desirable. Look at the second one. We desire it. Ooh. 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 It's nice. You know what? I'm not really looking for a new car. Sit down. Oh, I love these seats. Oh, they have bun warmers. I need this. And then we do this. We take it. Eat it. I'm not saying new cars are bad. I'm I'm talking about Eve here. She saw the fruit. She desired the fruit. Why? Because it looked delicious, didn't it? So we take it. After God says... You don't need to be eating that because I know better. And then we try to hide it. Once we sin, we try to hide it. I want to tell you, I want to tell you something this morning. You need to stop listening to the wrong voices. Period. You want answers for things that are going on in life. 
I know a guy. This is, this is awesome. I love when people, people will come up to me and, and, yes, I graduated from seminary. No, I'm not a Bible scholar, but this is really cool. It t- I took seven years to look at this, running from God, by the way, if you're new to this church. And I looked at a whole bunch of stuff and I tried to find, I tried to find loopholes and I tried to find things in this Bible that would contradict each other. And I took seven years of my life and God used that negative to form a positive. And I can tell you the positive right now. There are no loopholes in this book. It was written in over, over a scan of 1,500 years on three different continents by over 40 men. You ready? 40 men! You and I can write about December, December 7, 1941. All we want, we're going to come up with different details about the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Three continents, 1,500 years, over 40 men. This Bible has no loopholes at all. Why? It's the holy inspired Word of God, period. We have to listen to what the Word tells us to do. We don't need to play the game of, oh, I think I want to do this, or I want to do this. If you don't hear anything else today, I want you to hear this, because some of you are going through some really rough stuff. God loves you immensely. Period. Read John 3.16. He loves you immensely. God has a plan for you. And God sent Jesus so that you you and I can have a relationship with God through Christ. Man, (laughs) what a gift. So I hope this week you can plug into a connect group. I hope you can check out check out the uh, the other stuff about chapter three that we talk about. I didn't cover everything, but there's some more stuff that we're going to talk about in connect group. Um, do we have a do we have the the bags o change? See, this is a crazy thing. We ask we keep asking for. Ooh, this is heavy. Some of you are, some of you are getting the idea. Um, about change, goodness. If you're new, if you're new to connection, I just wanted to show you this. I'm not bragging on this church. Oh, I can't say this without crying. I can't. I'm not bragging about this church. I'm just saying, when you get a group of people together, like God has assembled here, and you put a goal in front of them that we can reach out to other people, they jump in with both feet. They have two bags of money for 130.75 a piece. And 261 dollars. Just to say that we love you to somebody out there. We're going to have uh, Doris, not, not Doris, Gary, Stover, and Pam Richardson come up and get these. What they're going to do is we're going to pray over these bags and you before we leave. And they're going to give these money, this money away uh, to someone in the, in the community this week. Thank you guys. Yeah. And we're just going to ask God to send them in the right direction. To send that person right by them. Can you imagine somebody walk up to you and give you 130 bucks? Now don't follow those two around all week. <laughs> I've really been praying, God, should you, you should give me that money. No. Listen, let's, let's, let's pray. God, we thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for worship. God, thank you for songs and music that put out lyrics like I surrender. God, if there's anything I can ask today, I just want to... Surrender more every day to You. I pray that over our people. I pray that over the people that don't go here regularly. I just ask God that You would just infiltrate these churches in Southern Illinois and that we would start a revival globally, statewide, community-wide from right here. Start it from here. May we walk out of this building completely contagious to share about the good news of Christ. In Your name we pray. Amen. One quick thing. 
If you ordered pizzas from Heather Taka, listen, I'm telling you, this is scary. The, the, the church's refrigerators and freezers is where food goes to die. I've been around too long. But if you ordered one, you can go pick it up in the, in the freezer. Otherwise, they go home with me. So, all right, have, have a great day. 